Stand out from the crowd by gaining the right experience. The next step in your cybersecurity journey starts with Cybrary. Sign up for the Insider Pro or Teams product to learn and develop skills and reach your goals. You're listening to the 401 Access Denied podcast. I'm Mike Rowan, VP of Engineering and CISO at Cybrary. Please join me and my co-host, Joseph Carson, Chief Security Scientist at Thycotic, as we discuss the latest news and attempt to make cybersecurity accessible, usable, and fun. Be sure to check back every two weeks for new episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of 401 Access Tonight. I'm Joe Carson, your co-host for the episode, Chief Security Scientist here at Thycotic. And I'm really excited for another fun discussion with my co-host, Mike. So, Mike, do you want to give us a bit of an update into what's happening today? Yeah. Uh, Mike Rohn, VP of Engineering and CISO here at Cybrary. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about our uh, favorite free cybersecurity tools. Um, I'll kick us off because otherwise, uh, Joe will steal my thunder. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite one and the one that got me into cybersecurity uh, really was Burp Suite uh, back in the day. Um, and I can't talk enough about how much that's really helped me as a software developer. Um, just learning those tricks and tools, how, it, how hackers are able to, to use tools like that. Uh, definitely helped me to understand better how to protect my own services. And then from there, that's what sort of uh, got me involved. And it was shadowing um, MITRE as they did a penetration test and showed me how to use the tools that really sort of started me down this path towards more of a security uh, mindset. So um, just definitely wanted to kick off right there because yeah, uh, that, that was yeah. instrumental in, in, in my foundation a uh, number of years yeah, ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from my experience as well, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Burp Suite has been something, it's been in my tool set for years. Um, and it's something, it's, it's always a go-to, you know, for vulnerability uh, assessments and websites. Um, so absolutely. And it's one that, you know, you'll, there's a lot of, uh, penetration testers, bug bounties out there, even for troubleshooting, you know, you want to see what's happening in the background. It's, it's a multi kind of useful tool in order to really get to see the communications between clients and web servers and the traffic, um, and really understand how things work in the background. Cause ultimately that's what hacking is, 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 is uncovering and trying to understand how things work. Right. And actually what's really, I thought was funny. So Joe and I were talking about, you know, this episode a couple of weeks ago, like, oh, what should we record next? Like, let's do free tools. Yeah. Oh, Burp Suite was the first one we both mentioned. Yeah. Th just this past weekend, two different QA guys reached out to me, mm -hmm. uh, testers, and they're like, hey, do you know anything about Burp Suite? Because I'm trying to use it. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you just you just walked into my wheelhouse. But, you know, and um, and sort of help them to, to identify some, some, you know, some good resources mm -hmm. for how to use it. But I think it can help with you know, it's not just for application developers, not just for pen mm -hmm. testing. It's every, any website technology, it can really be helpful uh, seeing what's going on and, you know, whether you're doing testing or whatever. So can't. Absolutely. Trou can't troubleshooting is key. You know, this yeah. is really a lot of tools get built to help you troubleshoot. And, and that's, you know, from a supportability perspective and they evolve from there. The only thing about bird speed right now is that, you know, it, of course, it's at that moment in time, depending on how you're using it, it is the crossover between you need to maybe move to the paid version. The community version is great, um, uh, but I really, really like the extensions and extenders that has there. So it actually, you can really take the functionality. You've got to learn a third party kind of people who's added their code and their scripts to it uh, because it becomes very extendable. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, that's where you really start to consider about, you know, you want to get more automation. You want to get more scalability. You want to get more, uh, you know, capabilities and features. 
and to do that extension. Some of them are paid, some of them are free. And that's really where you start thinking about, well, okay, the communication is great. I use it still quite often in the lab, but when you get into production, it's one of those areas where you're, you know, you, you have to consider the paid version. Right. And, about, I, just, and I have, a, I think that's right. And I think that's yeah. the right, I, I think that's a great um, model, right? Like, yeah. um, right. If you're using it for yourself for, for certain circumstances, the free edition will probably get you most of the way. But as you said, once you start moving into a production system, I think paying for it uh, is the, it, it, you got to support the the tool. And I think yeah. they also, you get access to those features that you really need in a production-like environment. So. Correct. Yep. Companies need to make money at the end of the day exactly, to, to right, exactly, in, right. invest into them, you know, right. so, and they do provide, and the functionality they do provide in the free tool is fantastic. So, uh, but they do got to make money and ultimately that's how they actually make the you know, products better in the future. So, so Burp Suite definitely up there in, in one, at least in my top five go-to you know, mm-hmm. tools that I go to quite often. One of my number one up there, it's, it's usually in the, let's say in the top two and it saves my neck a number of times, you know, when I was uh, working in infrastructure doing money markets in the past, it was, it was something that I used and it saved me so many times. Uh, most people today know it as, as Wireshark. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, for me, you know, uh, it goes back to, I was in the times of the Ethereal, uh, when it was even, you know, the older legacy term. Um, and even I got to meet uh, Laura, who was, you know, the, the founder and, and uh, kind of person behind it all. Um, during some of the events I went to, and uh, amazing person, but was that back me, when Ethernet still ran over uh, coax? <laughs> Possibly, it was. It was indeed. I, let's say I'm just giving away my age a little bit. Uh, that you know, I've been around uh, for quite some time, and and it, you know, I, I get into it was uh, one of the times I remember using it extensively was uh, I was doing a money markets application, and the problem was that uh, certain transactions were failing. And I had to use, so it was, and then it was still called, it was Ethereal. And, and ultimately what happened was uh, it was a problem with sticky bits that the one connection would come in through one uh, router and would leave out through another one. So it was using load balancing mm-hmm. and it wasn't sticking to the right traffic, uh, right path. And that was causing so much pain and so much problems. And it was getting down into really analyzing the data traffic and understanding about that the sticky bits in the uh, local directors were not working. And finding that was impossible. And it was Ethereal that really made it visible. And it saved a lot of my time troubleshooting and going into the data packets and understanding what was happening. So, and this is, for me, it's a go-to tool almost every time to do packet captures and really understand about how traffic is going between computers, whether you're doing it on the actual device itself or you're doing it in in the man in the middle kind of scenario. So you actually see the traffic from both clients. For me, it is is a must tool in your you know kit in order to basically make sure you understand about you know authorized traffic, what's expected, analyzing malicious attackers. It's there for doing everything, um, but it's it, and it's it's continuing to expand. I, I still use it extensively today, but it is definitely up there. I, I don't know, Mike, if you're using Wireshark often or not, uh, but it's, I haven't used it. I haven't had the need to use it in a while, but yeah, it was a very powerful tool back when. Uh, back when I needed it, I was glad I had it. Um, but yeah, yeah couldn't, couldn't agree more. It's and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah. It's I think it's in every top five, and it's somewhere around one or two, three. Yeah, in most yeah. of those lists. Yep. 
Yeah, and it, you know, it's 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 the one. It, it's multiple use as well. You can do it for basically understanding, you know, about troubleshooting networks, you know, troubleshooting, you know, packet loss, troubleshooting, you know, like I was doing with the with the sticky bits and local directors, uh, troubleshooting malicious attackers to see, you know, where where malware or ransomware is, you know, sending to the command and control. It's really, you know, it's so many uses, and it's so extensible as well. It's it's great um, to be able to quickly analyze about network traffic. Yeah, so you know, and, Mike, and even as yeah. we're talking, it, one of the things, and um, I'm not sure where you stand on this, but like to me, just learning Unix and the command line and the just mm -hmm. what is actually available, it's always, I think, uh, in talking to friends and others mm -hmm. when they're trying to troubleshoot problems, and I'm like, well, did you use LSOF or any yeah. number of these different commands? They're like, wait, what does that do? It's like, how do you do your job? How, how, like what, like they, they go out and buy tools or do other things that are just sitting mm -hmm. on top of these existing sort of Unix command line tools that you can use. And like, yeah, it's not, you know, maybe it's not super extensible for like a production yeah. environment for troubleshooting a specific problem though. I, nothing, nothing beats some of those. So I, I, you know, learning those, I think that's a great place to start. Um, it wasn't even on my list coming in um, of like, what are the top command line things that I do, but like, LSOF and, yeah, and listing Netstat open, open and files, Netstat, exactly. um, T Shark, all of those things. Even that's what you know. That's what you even just tell into. even just telnetting a port and like yeah. let me see what happens when I start talking to it. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, no, I mean that's this is really good. You know, I, that, even just to see basically the banner coming back. Uh, right. I remember you know even using you know telnet to the printer port. And then typing because you had line out printers, you know. I mean, at, you know, at just, University yeah, of Maryland, yeah. I used Telnet to send mail uh, as other people. <laughs> it was the best way to spoof so. an email was just connect to port twenty five, and you know, if you know yeah. the headers, you can you can spoof an email really well. Uh, Absolutely, so yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's those the getting into the command line side of things is so useful. That yeah. that allows you, especially when you're doing network traffic in or you're doing burp suite as well, that a lot of those commands allow you to you know to really do those types of things step by step. So you're not, you know, going to mail client and it's doing it all automated. You right. can actually go through one thing at a time in order to really find out what is failing or how it's failing, or just to make sure that something's working as expected. So um, absolutely. Um, those, you know, for me, you know, Windows and, and Linux commands that uh, I've, I've got the, the, the kind of books back on my shelf back here that I, I, sometimes I just go to and just go through them just to see maybe some <laughs> of the attributes that I can use. So what, just RTFM for fun? <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, literally I know, I know it's, I literally, I do. I know I'm, I'm the guy that has, you know, even sitting here, I put, you can see I've got uh, Netmox's uh, operator handbook. Nice. And I have my, my little like uh, flappy ears of my books. <laughs> so, wow. So these are things that takes notes and these are things for quick reference. And that's, that's literally what I, I do. I go through the, 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 the books and I take notes and then maybe, you know, something I can go back to and learn. We more. stumbled on Joe's Bible. <laughs> so, absolutely. And another one uh, of uh, top free tools is more, this is more of a suite of tools rather than a free tool. Um, is uh, sys internals. Mm. Uh, so Mark Rosinovich, uh, and I've, went, I've read his books in depth. I've got to see him speak many times. Uh, I've been using his tools since late nineties, I think. You know, you know, we're using Win internals, um, but sys internals is now you know basically if you're troubleshooting Windows systems or Windows networks or Active Directory, that is the go-to you know set of suite. You know, you know I've, I've been using it for analyzing you know malware. Uh, analyzing ransomware, uh, doing reverse engineering, 
um, checking connectivity, whether you're using things like PS Exec or whether you're using Procmon or Debug View or TCP View, you know, or you're looking at Access Check to make sure about who has permissions. So for me, you know, that has been something. Those tools really expand and a lot of the limitations that Windows has that allows you to really get more insights. So that up there, definitely it's it's in my top five or definitely in within the 10. Um, and I still commonly go to that uh, set of tools to do active directory troubleshooting, to look at permissions. Um, it's, and it's, it can be used by both good actors and bad. It can be used for ethical hacking, it can be used for troubleshooting, and it can be used for malicious activities. And a lot of times, you know, I do find the tools when I'm going doing instant response, the attackers have left behind things like PS exec or other types of command tools or access check that they're using in order to do privilege elevation. So for me, you know, it's a vital toolkit um, used mostly for good, but again, something like most tools that can be used by bad actors. So sys internals for me is, is a vital set of suite of tools that, you know, and again, you know, going back to my support days and troubleshooting days and, and managing, you know, large networks and infrastructure. This is a tool set that have saved me so many times. Um, you know, uh, getting into really understanding about what's failing, you know, whether certain handles were causing memory leaks or, you know, CPU problems or applications, you know, causing crashes and looking at crash dumps. This for me, you know, I can't, you know, Mark, you know, if you're ever watching or listening to our episode, um, thank you <laughs> for creating uh, system internals. Um, definitely a must-have in everyone's toolkit. Yeah, definitely. Um, you were talking about like the tools from a bad actors. One of the ones, speaking from a more of a good actors or monitoring mm -hmm. perspective, um, that used time and again is the Elk Stack. I'm a big fan of. That's a great way right. to sort of mon for helping with monitoring and alerting and, and sort of on the more defensive side of things. Um, Elastic. Um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Kibana, what's the L, uh, log? Um, Joe, help me out. Oh, uh, that's I just call it Elk Stack for like 10, you know, for yeah. five years or whatever, six years. So, um, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely a tool that we've used here, my last company, mm -hmm. so on and so forth for sort of helping with monitoring and uh, can't, uh, can't talk enough good things about that. Even yeah, if I don't absolutely. know what the all of the letters stand for, <laughs> yeah, I would say Elastic, Elasticsearch and Kimbana, you know, for automation and and you know analyzing logs and doing right. you know, quick graphics that you can actually pull together dashboards and so forth. It's 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 invaluable um, and it's great for you know doing a lot of automation and, and getting dashboards and really being able to customize and scale as you need to. Um, mm -hmm. I've I find it uh, very useful. Absolutely. Yep. Another definite tool, my toolkit, um, and it's been you know when we talk about these. You know, very few have been new, like recently, you know, we'll talk about the likes of Wireshark. It's been around since the early 2000s. Uh, System Internal has been around since the late 1990s. Um, this next one is also the same. It, you know, it's still heavily used today um, for me is Nmap. Um, mm. And it's really, you know, for me to, you know, really understand about, you know, networks, uh, discovering the networks, checking what ports are opened, Checking about connectivity, checking banners, checking for vulnerabilities. Is that kind of all in, you know, kind of uh, multi kind of tool set? It's like, you know, there's Swiss Army knives. There's so many capabilities, not just about scanning a network and understanding about latency and connectivity um, and also, you know, what's available and what's working and so forth. Uh, but again, it, you know, has those multiple capabilities. So, so NMAP for me, Again, is you know, I've got the book on the shelf as well. So well, I'm curious uh, why you think that because I have ideas, yeah. but like you think about these tools, right? All the ones, all the like 
a lot of the ones we're talking about have been around for a long time since absolutely late nineties, early two thousands, that time time frame. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they last as long as they do? I like it's an interesting like I have ideas, yeah. but I'm just curious what you what you might think as to why they've sort of stood the test of time, even as we've moved to cloud and we've moved to this mm-hmm. and we moved to that. It's you know, I'm curious. I think so one is the community. I think when when you get something that has a community involvement. Um, uh, that really helps, you know, and also when it gets down to really adding significant value that the underlying systems may not be able to provide. So mm-hmm. when you look at things like, you know, now we talk about Wireshark and we talk about um, uh, the uh, uh, Nmap, they've got a community around it that's, you know, adding additions, um, you know, help, you know, even Burp Suite, you've got that mm-hmm. community around it. Um, so that's what makes things sticky and, and, and they add significant value. Um, Sys internals, I think it was around maybe 2006 when Microsoft acquired Sys internals around that time frame. Um, but then once it went inside of, you know, it was like two or three people that was doing Sys internals um, and doing the different tools. Um, and it was some community were helping and so forth. But once it went inside of Microsoft and they were able to then add more people to, to building the tools and making more value, it was that community, you know, effort that really makes these being established. And I think it's, I think that's what it really is, is they, they make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. They have a, a really ability to be very granular in you know solving a, you know a problem, and it's a community uh, centric around it. The knowledge and sharing and, and helping, um, I think that's what really creates a life lifespan. Yeah, I think so. I think also um, I was just sort of thinking also from the perspective of at the in the end, everything we build is built on top of mm-hmm. stuff that existed, and so these. Tool, these tools are the same tools that we use to debug systems back in, you know, then, and everything we build on is still built on those same systems. And so Correct. not only do, is it, as you said, solving a problem and making people's lives better, which then creates mm-hmm. a community because now it's, everybody's flocking to it. So it gets supported. Yeah. But at the end, everything we're doing is still not that different from stuff we did a long, long time ago. It's just now we have layers and layers and layers. And as we add those layers, having those, I think having those tools that let you peel it all the way back down to the, to the basic, like what are the actual packets? TCP. (laughs) When you you just get really get down to the basics, you know, TCP stack is still the same as what has been around since the RFC. Um, And you really, you know, uh, network traffic and, and it's, you know, it's been around, you know, Windows. I know the interface and what looks, you know, the the, the let's say the 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 book cover uh, changes every version. But when you really uncover it, you know, it's still DOS in the background, it's still NT, it's still this, you know, same you know kernels. <laughs> um, what they've done is they've extended it and extended and extended it further. Um, yep. So you know that's why a lot of these tools, you know, even okay, the, the protocols and, and things like web clients and servers and so forth is definitely advanced. Um, but Burp Street has been able to extend those and maintain those updates. So that's why, you know, it really is, is standing the, the length of time. But absolutely, when you really get to really uncover a lot of the technologies at the basis, the foundation is, I guess it's, you know, it's a bit like, you know, for me, I talk about, you know, car engines, that the car engines, you know, they all still function primarily the same. It's just the additions and, and the automations and the looks and, you know, the, the shell around it. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, combustion engine, you know, fundamentally is, is the same. So I think that's where we get into technology. You know, the, the look and feel and, and the efficiency is, is definitely improved, but the fundamentals in the background is still the same. Right. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Why don't you, uh, sorry to, to, to 
No, it's absolutely. I it's a little I bit, but I think, um, yeah, it's a fun conversation, side conversation, but absolutely. it's interesting as well. Is. You know, yeah. even another one of my, my favorites that goes to, which is also quite an old tool as well. I wonder if we had younger people on the show, if we'd have newer tools. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. That, anyway, they, they might not, not even know some of the tools we're talking about. Um, Listen to two old men yeah. talk about yeah. the good old days. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which is still, you know, you, you talk about Metasploit. Mm. Metasploit's still heavily used. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and I mean, for me, you know, it, I, I still, I go to Metasploit to do the automation. It really is a penetration framework. And it really, you know, I think it's, it's written in Ruby and pulls a lot of uh, different, you know, uh, tools in and scripting and so forth and automation. And it's a great penetration framework. Um, I use it for quickness and automation. And, you know, I can do things very quickly and it's very flexible. Um, I still like to, when I'm going through a penetration test, uh, I still like to do it manually to understand how it works. And then once I understand manually, then I'll kind of go and start using Metasploit as the automated way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, kinda, I still wanted the go-to tools for, for quick access or uh, running quick exploits. Um, so definitely Metasploit. Again, another tool is Jim Gorman or Jim O'Gorman. Uh, to remember the author, but uh, and even uh, Dave Kennedy, who's been you know, there's a lot of people who's been really you know um, building on top of it and adding to it. Um, but uh, for me, you know, definitely another tool that's been around since the early 2000s. That for me is definitely uh, you know one of the toolkits in my my arsenal of things that you know is is always always running and always available to me in the background. So, so, but it, I think it's really important. You know, when we look at all, a lot of this, it's fundamentally it's troubleshooting, it's systems management, it's it's automation, is the things really these tools really are there to make our lives easier, to help us do what we need to do. You know, it, it's if you want to understand how vulnerabilities work, that's why Metasploit's there. It's really that framework to help you know provide you the automation to do vulnerability scans to help you make a better secure network and you understand where attackers could expose your, 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 you know, infrastructure. So these tools really have fundamental, very critical, uh, you know, value to businesses um, and have multiple functionalities. So, so this, I think this is really where, you know, they, you know, that's why they're critical. And that's why they're probably, if you go to every, let's say top five or top 10 list of tools that people use, these are all going to be at least in, in there. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone, you know, I think even script kiddies and, and newbies uh, in the industry are definitely, that, you know, they're going to be using the tools that we're talking about. Uh, at least one of them. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Them. Well, if they're, well, if they're not, then really are they that good? <laughs> <laughs> That's <awesome. laughs> yeah. They're probably using a lot more, you know, of the, the uh, was it, uh, user interfaces, because a lot of these you really get into. What we're talking about is, you know, they're command lines. Right. We, we're fundamentally, you know, driven. There's a few, you know, of course, Nmap has Nmap, you know, interface, but I still use the command line. Um, Sys Internals has user interfaces for some of the tools, but fundamentally, I'm still in the command line. Metasploit, command line driven. Um, of course, there's still, there's things like Cobalt and Armitage that really use the user interface of those. Um, you know, Burp Suite probably is the one that is very UI driven, mm-hmm. even though there is some, command capabilities in there for automation and integrations and so forth. Um, but a lot of these are definitely, you know, LSOF, you know, the things <laughs> that's that all command line driven. And I think that's really where, you know, um, retro and old school, you know, we, we like to go into the command prompt and we'd like to be able to, we'd like to, you know, to see the granular control and see things as they happen. 
rather than sometimes clicking the user interface and wait for that little spinning thing in order to do its thing and all the things happen in the background. Our, we like to know what's happening in the background. And that's ultimately why you know, a lot of these, these tools you know, fundamentally help us and, and, and uncover. Same as you know, with Wireshark, it is command line driven in the background. You can do the capture, you know, capture files in the background, but you, you really need an easy way of displaying it and filtering and searching. And that's why you know, Wireshark itself, you know, the interface is really for that automation and, and analyzing side of things. Yeah, I always feel like the GUI is just sort of hiding things from me that I would other yeah. like, like, and sometimes that's a good thing, right? I don't need to deal with the details, but like most of the time, no, it's actually the, I feel like I'm just ha having to type with mittens on, like, I would prefer just to get down in there um, when I'm using a lot of the GUIs. Um, Absolutely. So another another tool that I've used heavily, um, and it's something you know, because back probably over the I've, I've used various ones over the years, um, but I've started using a more more regularly um, for for many things. Is you know you, we've come in the years where I I had so many accounts. You know, when back in early 2000s, I was doing you know network administration, I was doing server administration, and I had something like 50 to 100 accounts. So I like you know was using spreadsheets and using documents to try and you know maintain all of those. And uh, back in the early 2000s, um, I started moving to a password manager. Back then, it was password safe was one of the first ones I used. Oh, I, yep. I forgot about yep. password safe. So, so, <laughs> password safe. Again, you know, it caused me, it saved me, you know, a lot of times, but also caused me a lot of problems at the same time. <laughs> so, when, when, if you locked yourself out of the password safe, you're like, oh, <laughs> and now we don't know any of the passwords. Right, right. Um, so it was always, you know, getting into making sure you maintain backups and you have a master password for many of those. Uh, but over the years, I've used a lot of different password managers. But even one from Psychotic, from uh, Psychotic has a secret server free. And I think it's really important, you know, for small businesses and, 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 you know, medium businesses is that you really need to move beyond, you know, what I would have used as a password manager for, for personal use or for, um, you know, administrator use to make sure I'm creating complex passwords that it autofills and that I've got reports. But I find that now businesses really need to move beyond password managers. And this really means using something like privilege access security. And Thinkotic has a fantastic secret server free solution uh, tool that allows, you know, all of those out there that have many accounts, you know, whether you have 100 accounts or 200 accounts, you may have, you know, five users that there's secret server free, which is there, that will really enable you to actually move a lot of the passwords to the background. So you don't have to rotate them yourself. You don't have to manage them. You don't have to create them. And that's ultimately what we need to do is, you know, for those, you know, people who are managing many systems and accounts, you want to move that to the background. You want to be able to focus on what's important to do. And that's ultimately what we like to do is, is automation. We right. want to spend the time that we enjoy. You know, I want to spend the time learning. I want to spend the time, you know, growing my knowledge. And I want to spend the time doing the things that are really interesting and the things that are exciting. I don't want to spend my day when all of a sudden there's a compromised account out there or the company, you know, got you know, basically, you know, compromised and all the passwords. And now you need to rotate everything. And you're going, oh, okay. Log into each system, rotate the password, log in, you know, go into Active Directory, rotate passwords. That's a very time consuming, mundane thing if you have to do that manually. And Secret Server Free allows you to simply, you know, automate a lot of that, give the visibility into which ones you do need to change, provide that disclosure ability to provide the access in the systems, the autofill, the, you know, that's what's really important is, is you know, a lot of these tools, again, what we're talking about is the automation capabilities that saves anything that saves our time, saves money. And allows us to to not do the things we don't like doing. It allows us to focus on things we enjoy doing, and that's why a lot of these tools are successful. Um, and I think that's why you know they're up there in our top top lists. That's why we talk about them. That's why we enjoy them. 
um, is because it saves time. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I, you know, um, can't agree more on the password manager. You know, there's the individual password manager. And then there's, you know, once you get to a business level, you, you know, like LastPass is a great password manager. They have a business offering, yet it's paid. It's not the same. I think it's awesome that, you know, Thychotic has one that's actually built for businesses that you can start using for free um, as opposed to, you know, and um, not to, you know, I've talked to um, the CTO of um, of LastPass of um, LogMeIn is the parent company. Yeah. Great guy. Talk to him. I, you know, I love their product. Um, uh, so I don't want to take anything away yeah. from them, but at the same oh, time, absolutely. you know, it's a great product. Same thing with, you know, I've talked to uh, people from uh, Abine or Abine. Yeah. Um, they have Blur, um, which is, I think, really more towards the the individual market. But yeah. password managers, Joe and I have talked about a bazillion times. Yes. Like, it's like step zero. Yes. Like, that's at this point. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the fundamental basics right. that everyone needs to be doing. And I think, you know, that's really gets down to. And, you know, I've been looking at different data breach analyzing over the past couple of weeks. I'm looking at incidents. Um, and every single time, you're just like, oh, it's, it's, it really starts with a default credential. It starts with right. a weak password. And you're just like... Can we move beyond that? But we're not going to until actually fundamentally every organization is using a password manager. And absolutely, the links, you know, the likes of LastPass, I, th- I think they have a, a good solution. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really can, I think the big difference between using something like privilege access and, and password managers is that there's the accountability and responsibility. If you've right. got, you know, people that you, you know, you want to delegate the accountability to, a password manager is still delegating the user responsible for changing and managing uh, the passwords. It's giving them a tool to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, privilege access is really taking that centrally and taking away the need for the user to think about the password, to think about changing and, and rotating and managing it and moves it to centrally managed. So, and allows a lot of those integrations. So I think there's definitely a place for, for both solutions in the world. And my goal is that, you know, I would like every organization in the world to be using a password manager. So therefore it makes the, you know, <laughs> it makes our job in regards to securing and protecting that we can actually start building more advanced security programs and more mature programs rather than always going back to this fundamental weak credential default password, you know, per managed, per hygiene that leads to a company all of a sudden, you know, having a disaster, catastrophic nature that their business comes to a halt from things like ransomware. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And if we're doing shameless plugs, I mean, you can come to Cyberary. We're not completely free anymore, but there's still plenty of free content uh, and where you can learn a lot of this stuff. But, you know, uh, absolutely. (laughs) For me, you know, that's really important is that, you know, and there's many cases, there's a lot of offers out there and a lot of good offers and, and, and sometimes, you know, some, some, you know, free capabilities, but education, that's the most valuable tool that we have. Um, knowledge, you know, we're, we're in a knowledge driven world today. Um, you know, well, a lot of these tools that we're talking about help automation, it's the education part that, you know, I wouldn't be able to know how to use many of these tools without the people who create the education around them. Um, you know, you know, with Mark writing the books on things like sys internals, um, I've went in, I spent, you know, days and, 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 and weeks of reading those and, and understanding. And it's all, that's the only way I can get to really fully understand the, 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 capabilities of those tools is the education material. And that's where, where I, myself, I spend a lot of time going into the, you know, for secret server and psychotic, all I do is create is educational content. My goal is to help create educational material to, to share the knowledge, to, to make knowledge available. And I think that's what's really important, you know, between psychotic and cyber is that we are really, you know, focused at educating the world, mm-hmm. especially around risks and security and technology and I think that's fundamentally something that, you know, I, I, I think it, it's, it can only be good. Uh, so I'm hoping that the audience, 
a lot of the tools we're talking about today that they will go and check them out. We'll make sure that, you know, I'll, I'll make sure that we get you know footnotes in, in, in the videos and podcasts so that people can see, you know, references to the tools we're talking about. So for me, you know, going and learning them, um, you know, and the, and this, you know, education and these tools, if you know how to use these tools, it will also make you more hireable. Mm-hmm. It will make, you know, as you go to job interviews and people are asking you, you know, if you're in this scenario, how would you maybe solve this problem? And if you have basically, you know, I'm fully knowledgeable and, you know, in Burp Suite, I know all the functionality and all the capability I'm trained and I can use it very, very well. That will make you more attractive to employers. So I think that's also an important thing is, is what really here is that, you know, and these tools are not going away. These are something. Uh, yeah, that I mean, I, I think we've proven that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been around for a while. I don't see them going anywhere. And to your point with like, what are employers looking for? Like, I know when I'm interviewing candidates, whether it's for um, infrastructure, you know, in the operation side, software developers, whatever. For me, it's it's a little bit more meta than do you understand every single feature that that thing, yeah. a good tool, there's no way you know everything. It's oh, like absolutely for, for like the layperson, it's like Excel, right? If I ask you, how well do you know Excel? If you tell me that you know Excel like a nine or a 10, I know you don't know Excel. Like there's no yeah. way, there's nobody on earth that knows it that well. There's <laughs> too many, there's too many attributes. There's right. too but, many flexibility capabilities. These tools are the Swiss Army nice of, 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 you know, system administration. Right. But if you know uh, how those tools are to be applied and the general yes. thing and then where to go to get more information, like, right. If you say like, oh, I'd use burp suite to do to, to do some things i don't know exactly all the flags and all the rest of it. right right you just need to know what, what bible to look in right that's exactly the point is that it's it's knowing where to get that information you know whether you know some of the commands and, and tools we're talking about have awesome help functions you know oh, yeah. that if, if you can simply you know i i, I spend a lot of my time in in, in linux man pages because <laughs> i yeah, just yeah. can't remember i just can't remember everything oh um, yeah no i mean man like that's yeah. that's actually i mean if you want to go really far back to like when i was in college and uh i i started as a mechanical engineer i didn't start in computer science or, or doing software development it was i was trying to do you know i was just trying to write some emails or whatever mm-hmm. and then like the guy across the hall showed me uh, oh, you can you can switch into VI. I was like, what's that? And then, oh, let me let me show you how to like. Now you're on the command line. Like, here's how to find out more information about all these things. So, man, you know, man finger, man this, man that, and you just start building up. And you know, man, man, like that's the first. Yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> should, um, should, should we go in, into VI? VI? Uh, I mean, VI. <laughs> I, I could teach a I could teach a whole course in VI. I wrote uh, in college. Oh. I actually used VI as a programming language for a course just for fun, like just to show that you actually have enough power in VI. The most, it's the with registers. intuitive programs <laughs> I've ever used. It speaks to me. It, it's, if, it's intuitive to me. Yeah, I mean, that's going, uh, I, I've got, on um, VI, um, I've got so many notes. There's people right now got, still trying like, to figure out how to get out of yeah. what they accidentally started and they, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't know how I to started, get out. I started, I started VI 10 years ago and I haven't been able to exit it and save my file. <laughs> oh, I, I, you know, I hit, you know, I just learned that if I hit Control Z, and then I can, can kill it. Oh, I can't. I mean, I'm actually sitting on, on my wall to my left is basically a bunch of VI notes. Oh, really? Uh, I, I just—it's literally. I, I can't. I can't remember everything. I just, you know, I, I do it for quick edits or remote edits, and I, mm-hmm. I learned so much. It was, I think, even there's a, a Tom Tom Num Num. As uh, well, he he does a, a awesome video uh, on YouTube. Uh, he's from UK, and he's. He's, you know, great, great in VI um, and uh, definitely, you know, in IPSEC as well. IPSEC, I, I, I also follow quite often. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and no, so they are, they are, I mean, some of the things they know on VR, you're just like, I'll send you my card. I have a, so a long, long time ago, yeah. I got the O'Reilly uh, book on VI. By the way, I'm talking VI. I'm not talking Vim. And like yeah, Vim, Vim, is, Vim is a kind of a nano and, you know, yeah. um, there's so many GS. It's, too, it's way too user-friendly. So I'm talking hardcore Vim and like I actually, or hardcore VI, I even have my Vim yeah. set up to only do VI mode. Um, okay. But in any event, so I have the O'Reilly book and in that book had this like um, trifold card that just was like a cheat sheet of VI. I'll, I will send it to you. I have, I've, I've made you, copies of it. it. I think I've got a cheat sheet. Also, but it, even, but it, but it shows uh, it in a very logical way. Anyway, we're going so, in, we're going way into, deep. Into, into, the, into the deep. So there's probably a lot of people going VI. What, what is, what is, what is <laughs> and why is that a security <laughs> tool? Uh, but there's nothing it's, you can't do without VI. <laughs> I mean, there's uh, nothing you can't do with it. Exactly. Everything comes with VI these days. Um, but I mean, it's, it's, it is the least intuitive. <laughs> I have the same was, I mean, once again, I, I remember it was probably, I was introduced to the rounds, I think maybe 1999, 2000 was the first time I got introduced. And I was mind goal. I, I have notes and papers in my, in my behind me. I've still got printed on my screen here about even using ter Terminator and Tmux um, emulators. And then up in the above it is the VI commands. I just, yep. I mean, sometimes you're looking for these basically because there's a lot of break breakouts and there's a lot of different automation and replace and dot and, you know, insert and uh, yeah. Yeah. But an awesome tool. And it's free. I mean, it, it takes its toll on your life, but you know, <laughs> otherwise it's free. Absolutely. I think, <laughs> I think at that point, you know, with VI, uh, we'll probably we'll, we'll have to share some notes. I'll probably share. I think what we'll do is we'll include some of the videos, the backlinks to videos mm -hmm. from uh, Ipsec yourself, mm -hmm. and uh, even Tom Nunn. Uh, so we'll definitely make sure we include those in because I think those are valuable, um, definitely from educational side as well. But I think yeah, well I think we'll leave leave it at that note. Yeah, um, definitely. Get into VI. I think that's got some some scars of trying to exit it. That's what times. I said. It takes or, a, it's not a, it's not a free tool. It'll leave its yeah, marks on yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, over overwriting the wrong file. <laughs> a lot of pain from that one. But uh, as I think, you know, for the audience, I think hopefully this is valuable. I think you know, there's nothing more that we can get out there than free tools. Free tools yep. are really where even a lot of people getting in the industry. It's your starting point. It's where you you get familiar. You know, these are things that are zero cost. You might just need a computer that will run it. Um, great educational material. There are great health files, great communities around these. And definitely they will make you much more hireable in the, in the industry by having knowledge of those. So absolutely, Mike, great chatting with you today as always. Um, I think this is going to be a, an, another great episode for the audience. And uh, definitely, you know, if you have free tools and you're listening to us, you know, let us know. Let us know what we're missing. And if you are, you know, under the age of, like 35 or 40 <laughs> um, and there's tools that you're using, which are more modern, you know, that are, you know, let's say, you know, recent tools. Uh, we'd love to hear about them. <laughs> you know, let, us, <laughs> let us know which, which tools you're using, which are, you know, let's say less than five years old. Right. Now uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe myself and Mike need to learn some new things as well. I'm always, absolutely. always interested. So, but absolutely Mike, great talk you, talking with you today. Um, and for the audience, you know, always tune in every two weeks, you'll get an episode from us that will basically, we'll have some, always, you know, we'll have guests coming on every now and again, that will be amazing and really add a lot of value to, to the industry. Uh, but, you know, we're excited, uh, you know, 401 access tonight is getting very popular. 
we are getting a, a, a significant following. So let's uh, hopefully we continue growing that. If you missed episodes, go back and listen to all the episodes. They're, they're always available. Um, and uh, again, stay safe, stay healthy, and keep us informed about what things you would like to hear about. So absolutely. 4-1-Access tonight. Mike, awesome speaking to you. And for the audience, stay safe and talk to you soon. Thank you. Learn how your team can get a free trial of Cybrae for Business by going to www.cybrae.it slash business. This podcast is also brought to you by Thycotic, the leader in privileged access management. To learn more, visit www.thycotic.com.